This message comes from Capital One. Your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services backed by the strength of a top 10 commercial bank. Visit CapitalOne.com slash commercial. Member FDIC. Previously on Rough Translation. Love is a beautiful feeling. Surya shows us this message. This is Akanksha. I'm alive, but I think they're going to kill me. So then my parents asked me, why did you lie? And I said, well, because even you lied. You said you'd get me married and you got me locked up. An officer says, do you know a man named Surya? Yes, he's my husband and I want to be with him. This is episode three of Love Commandos. And if you've missed episodes one and two, they are available right now in this podcast feed. The story we've told you so far is about this volunteer group in India. They're called the Love Commandos. They swear to protect love couples. And we also met a love couple who the group helped escape, Surya and Akanksha. Where we pick up the story, Surya and Akanksha have taken a bus to New Delhi to arrive at the Love Commandos' main shelter. Welcome. And that's where they meet the Love Commando's founder, Sanjoy Sachdev. It is our base shelter, base shelter of the Love Commandos. They have no idea what to expect, and neither did NPR correspondent Lauren Freyer when she visited the shelter just days earlier. We had to go up this very steep set of stairs, like it was almost like a ladder, and through this door and then into the safe house. Here we have a metal detector. For checking. Checking to see if I've come in with weapons. Mm, yeah. The microphone. <laughs> That's it all. So you got the voice. Mansi Choksi, the writer and journalist, is back with us as guest co-host. And two years before Lauren's trip, Mansi also visited the shelter. There is a shrine of um, Hindu deities on one wall. She passed the same metal detector stepped into the same dimly lit apartment. The first thing I noticed was just the amount of cigarette packets, biscuits, half-eaten biscuits, blood pressure machine, piles and piles of old withering documents. There's a bedroom where Suchdev sleeps most nights. And that's kind of the headquarters of this Love Commando shelter. A TV in the corner of one room plays Hindi soap operas on a seemingly endless loop. In another room, the floor is covered with mattresses. That's where the love couples who stay here will sleep. The air is thick with smoke from Sajdev's cigarettes. A fluorescent light flickers. There are barely any windows. And to Akanksha, it's paradise. They rested, had breakfast, they went out shopping. One of the love commanders took you shopping and bought you clothing? Yes. And, and with, which, with what money? Because you didn't have money. No. Uh, Harsh Papa gave, gave uh, us money. Harsh gave you money. He's talking about Harsh Malotra, a co-founder of the Love Commandos who lives across the street from the shelter. And you could hear he refers to him as Papa. Such dev he calls Baba. So Baba means grandfather and Papa means daddy. Yeah, we all call him Baba. Baba uh, Love Commandos. Actually, one of the rules of the shelter is that um, all the couples must address him as Baba and all the other young, other commandos as Papa. And it's a role that Sajdev told Lauren 
he takes very seriously. I'm a father. I must know, I must understand what my duties are. So do you think that the couples see you as a father? Yes. They're his children no matter what. He loves them unconditionally. Surya describes how each morning, after he and Akanksha would wake up and do their chores, they'd sit for hours by Sachdev's bedside. The older man would read to them from the newspaper. This is for your knowledge, Sachdev would tell him. Surya's dad wasn't around that much when he was growing up, and he found these lectures reassuring. And it wasn't just Surya. On Mansi's trip to the shelter, she also saw these tender scenes between the couples and their protector, Sachdev. Someone will bring him his food, his medicines. Someone will check his blood sugar. Then, you know, uh, the dogs will come. There are three shelter dogs, Sandy, Brownie, and Romeo. He'll pet them. And it really reminds me of a grandfather. This is Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner. Couples came to the shelter because they needed protection. But what they found here was something more like a Spartan boarding school. They were told here, they would learn to survive without the families that raised them. The love commandos told Surya, you should learn something here because back in your home, you were only a child. Sachdev would offer lectures on everything from table manners to his take on Hindu lore. But what was really behind this education? While every couple who came here had a daring story of escape, what they would come to realize is that escape was far from the same thing as freedom. Rough translation, back after this break. Support for NPR comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy. Family, work, living a fuller life. Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. Visit teledochealth.com slash what's your why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C health slash what's your why. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're back with Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner. Surya and Akanksha arrived in the shelter in September of 2018. And as they approached the end of the year, the shelter filled up with couples. Surya says at one point there were seven couples living here, along with Sajdev. We would gather around, we would play games, we would play Ludo. That's producer Raksha Kumar interpreting for Akanksha. There was never a boring moment at the shelter. We always had a lot of fun. There are holiday celebrations. This is from a video that Suri Nakanksha showed Lauren of a New Year's Eve party. Young people shoulder to shoulder, smiling, dancing with disposable cups in their hands. They look happy. And Akanksha told Lauren it wasn't just that life in the shelter could be lots of fun. Akanksha says it was her dream to marry the person she'd fallen in love with. And while her own father disapproved of that, here's an elder, Sachdev, not only honoring that, but encouraging her and placing her in this long tradition. Lord Shiva was ogre, means scheduled cost of the day. Lower caste. Yeah. He's talking about, you know, the great intercaste marriages in Hinduism. Lord Shiva marrying uh, Lord Esparvati. It really helps a lot of young people to hear that one of the primary um, deities in Hinduism, Lord Shiva, uh, married out of caste. Everything these couples have heard before this, on the news, from their parents, is that love is a selfish act. And it, you know, it stops feeling, you know, like something that they've done uh, out of being selfish or an act that is um, primarily seen as too small uh, in their eyes now starts to have a, a big, large, beautiful meaning. Every couple that arrived in the shelter was told of certain rules that they would have to follow. One of those rules was that the love commandos would take away their phones. This is so GPS tracking doesn't give away their location. But also, as Sachdev told Lauren, is that in case one of them has a moment of regret or doubt or maybe longing for home comforts, they don't pick up the phone and call home. We tell them that until unless you are so strong that you can contour the emotion or financial power or whatever may be the reason, you should avoid Otherwise, emotional torture will start, and then that would be the result. He believes that the law just isn't doing a good enough job of protecting young people from their families. And he says he's been there. He's witnessed moments when the police have delivered a young person back to their family, closed the door, and they hear screams from the other side of the door, and the police walk away. Parents think that children are their properties. And so when couples come to the shelter, he warns them. Kindly don't use your own minds. And I think he means just put your safety in my hands and I promise you, you will stay safe. It's at this moment, when the shock of these couples' estrangement is just starting to register, that Sachdev will tell the story of Abdul Hakim, a young man who stayed at the shelter in its earliest years. Every single person that I've met who's come through the Love Commandos shelter has heard the cautionary tale of Abdul Hakim. 
it has been widely reported abdul hakim was killed because he had not gone on our advice abdul hakim and his wife have a baby the first delivery of the child was in one of the shelters and in some versions of this story that sachdev tells abdul hakim needs to go out to get medicine for the baby they are going to doctor for getting medicine for the child as she was having fever in other versions it's because he wants to see his family but whatever the reason he leaves the shelter makes contact with his family shot dead in broad daylight while everyone watched a young man was allegedly killed by the brothers of his wife in bulandshire his up in his crime he dared to fall in love and aur no jane jo pakad ke goli mari gale i remember when he told me the story i was disturbed Sachdev um, advises his couples about a three-year cooling period. Um, he says it would take three years for aggrieved family members to truly forgive and move past a couple's mistake of being together. For three years, you're not supposed to call and say hi to your mom and dad. And the length of the separation period it signifies the extent of Sachdev's distrust, not only of parents but of their children. I mean there's not a single decision they've made for themselves in their entire lives before they ran away. They probably haven't been allowed to choose a career path. Um they've probably been told what to wear, what to do, how to spend time, who to hang out with. So when they come to the shelter, Sachdev tells them they have to learn to live on their own. And a daily schedule is planned out for the couples that stay there. Alarm clocks go off a little after 6 a.m. That's a rule. All the couples line up to receive instructions from the group's co-founder, Harsh Malhotra. Usually it is the women that cook and the men that clean and the men um also run errands. Scrub the bathroom, refill the water tank, walk the dogs, run to the kiosk to get such death more cigarettes. And there are other rules they have to follow too. No naps because such they feels that, you know, it makes young people lazy. They're not allowed to be inside the room with the door shut at any point in the day. The door must be kept open. One of the rules of the shelter is no sex. And Sachdev justifies this by saying, "Look, you guys are sleeping multiple couples to a room. Let's be respectful of one another." And that's a big shocker to them, but of course all of them have sex. They hadn't really put this together, but like they may not have actually literally had a place to have sex before this. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and all the other couples kind of just make adjustments for the for the new the the new honeymooners that come in everybody will turn away and just uh, cuz everybody understands that they want to be together. But one of the most fascinating aspects about uh, Sachdev is that he has no patience for going young couples. You could hear this in the recordings that Monsi made from the shelter. It's not only these marital relations that Sachdev frowns upon. Even public displays of affection. Like he will snap at them, he'll be like get out of here, not in front of my face. I don't want to see this. Speak in proper voices, no baby voices. I can't handle it. At the very least, it seemed kind of like a honeymoon with grandpa. Sachdev was not quite the defender of love he played on TV. But Surya, Surya says that Sachdev was not the main problem. It was other couples who didn't follow the rules. And at one point Surya is talking to Lauren and he's reminiscing about life in the shelter 
scrolling through videos and group photos. And then I start asking about, oh, well, what about those people? Where are they now? Do you keep in touch with these people? No. And then when I point to this one couple... He's like, them? No, we're not in touch. Because what Surya was living through in the shelter and his experience of such death as a kind of substitute father, that was only one side of this story. Rough translation back after this break. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Now more than ever, your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, all tailored to your short and long-term goals. Backed by the strength and stability of a top 10 commercial bank, their dedicated experts work with you to build lasting success. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial. A member FDIC. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner. Now, we're going to tell you about another couple that stayed in the shelter at the same time as Surya Nakanksha. Actually, it's the couple in the photograph that Surya just referred to, the one that they no longer talk to. Their names are Akriti and Gaurav. Akriti and Gaurav are also an inner caste couple, and they met in college. They've been dating in secret. So then, Gaurav says caste is the main problem. Akriti's family belongs to a higher caste, and I am from a lower caste. Their story is also pretty similar to Surya and Akanksha's. Gaurav says that Akriti, too, was taken by her family. Gaurav had to rescue her. And so when they arrive at the shelter, they're also really fearing for their lives. And Surya says, you know, Gaurav was weeping when he arrived at the shelter. And he said, please save me. He says, they'll kill me. We spoke to Gaurav, but when we reached out to Akriti, his wife, she wasn't available for an interview. And though we're not using any surnames in this story, out of safety concerns, Akriti's last name happens to be the name of a prominent political family. So Gaurav has reason to be terrified of their power and reach. Gaurav had come to the shelter after seeing Sanjay Sachdev on YouTube. free food, free stay, protection, and what he expected to find was a non-profit group that was going to protect him. Before he could put the bag on the floor, they asked him how much money did he have. Gaurav said he had 40,000 rupees with him. Around 500 US dollars. And he told them he had this money. And that's a decent amount of money for India. It's way higher than the average monthly income. Gaurav says, immediately, they took the 40,000 rupees from me and I did not bother putting up a fight. 
This is so different from Surya Nakanksha's story about being greeted at the shelter with money to go shopping. Gurov, he didn't feel like he had a choice. If they kicked him out now, he feared his wife's family would find him. I asked Sachdev about this, why some couples are charged a whole lot and others seem to pay nothing. And it is there mentioned on our website that they need to bear actual expenses. Sachdev points to the Love Commando's website, which says couples are responsible for administrative expenses related to getting married. But then he says that some couples could not even pay that. So the Love Commandos had to charge other couples more money to make up the difference. Generally, these love couples are always short of money. If we get 10 couples at a time, there are hardly four or five who can bear the total expense. So the picture that Gaurav paints of this shelter, some of it overlaps with what Surya and Akanksha experience, but it differs a lot. For example, to hear Surya tell it, the chores they did around the shelter were expected, even morally beneficial. But Gaurav describes it as exploitation. And he says not only were they asked to clean the shelter where they lived, they also had to clean the private apartment of Harsh Malotra, the Love Commando's co-founder. Even on their toilets, they had to clean their toilets. says they even made them clean their toilets. Harsh Malotra denies this, but other couples also told Lauren that they were expected to clean his house. Almost everything Gaurav has told me, I have verified with at least one or two other couples who've been to the shelter, but they're frightened and not everybody wanted to go on the record. One of the things that Gaurav said, and other men said, is that they were asked to do something in the evenings when the love commandos would be relaxing and drinking whiskey. And the way he said it, I remember the words. He says, we had to press his feet. And I was like, what do you mean press the feet? And it was Harsh Malotra's feet and Sanjay Sajdev's feet. Lauren would hear this from other couples too. So she called and asked Sajdev about this. Some of them said um, they were forced to rub your feet. As far as taking care of my feet is concerned, yes, sometimes when I was having acute pain and there was no family with me, only these children were my family. If I ask any of the boys to just do something, so that is not wrong. It is a fatherly thing to a son. Yeah. He saw these couples as his family. So, he says, asking the men to do this was not wrong. It was what any father might expect. When an elder asks, tells you that his legs are aching, could you please press my feet? Um, that's just something that you would do. Like calling him Baba, like running his errands, or listening to his lectures. I mean, this is the thing. It's, um, you know, rubbing your grandfather's feet is something you do out of love. Um, and it's a gesture of tenderness and closeness, and it's voluntary. But these couples, of course, when they fled their own families, hadn't expected to be part of a different one. I just wondered whether this was voluntary, given the power dynamic that these people's lives were in this man's hands. Gurov also, by his own admission, challenged the authority of Sanjay Sachdev and Harsh Malotra in a way that Surya never did. And he says that the love commandos tried to humiliate him in return, they would mock him for being of a lower caste than his wife. Gaurav says they told him how dare he come here with the daughter of an upper caste family. Who does he think he is? 
But I heard it time and time again from couples who've gone through the shelter. Racist language, casteist language, Islamophobic slurs. One Muslim man told me he was like reduced to a caricature of a Muslim, like accused of wanting to make babies all the time. Another one said the commanders made fun of people's body types, the way people speak. And different couples told Mansi and Lauren that Harsh Malotra could be demanding. He also um, is known to have a temper. He's known to have a pretty uh, bad temper. Gaurav says Malotra once threw one of the shelter dogs at him. Gaurav says, I still have a scar from the dog Brownie. And that is because the love commandos threw Brownie at him and Brownie bit him on his shoulder. There was another person in the shelter who actually says they saw this and would later allege in a police statement the same thing, that Harsh Malotra made this dog bite Gaurav. So I called up Harsh Malotra and I put this to him. There is an allegation that you encouraged the dogs, Romeo, Brownie, Sandy, to bite people at the shelter. And he says, are you kidding? Like, Romeo, Brownie, Sandy? Sandy. <laughs> They're adorable. At one point, he even showed me a video of couples in the shelter, like, cooing at the dogs and playing with them. And He's like, the couples doted on these dogs. They lined up to walk them. They cuddled with them. Hugging, cuddling the dog. What's the date of this video? January. This is January 2019. And he says he doesn't remember any incident, accidental or otherwise, in which any of the dogs bit any of the people in the shelter. For the record, Harsh Malotra denies every accusation that the couples make against him. But the perplexing thing about this dog story is that there is that video. And there's a photo of just the dog and Gurov. He's smiling at the camera. The dog is tiny, adorable, fluffy, tongue out, panting, just inches from the guy's face. Lauren finds that photo on one of Sajdev's Instagram stories. And when she shows Gurov the photo... <laughs> He's furious. It was the first time he'd been told that this photo existed and that it appeared publicly. And he said, it's just unfair that we didn't have phones. We couldn't document any of it, and they could. And he said that there were times when they filmed them and took photos of them to make it seem like they were having a good time. And he didn't even remember that picture being taken, but he said, somebody must have told me to look at the camera and smile, and I did. Someone told me to look at the camera and smile, and I did. Gaurav seems more angry about this Instagram story than almost anything else he experienced at the shelter. Because, if you think about it, what the love commandos represented in the public eye wasn't just protection of love couples, but the freedom to choose their own path. And when couples showed up here, they met rules meant to free them from their parents' control, only to have such dev assume control over almost everything in their life. And while couples had come here because they wanted a different story than the one that their parents set out for them, while they were in the shelter, they were part of Sachdev's story, one that he was telling the whole world. Actually, I'll tell you one thing. 
अगर हमारे पास उस सेल्टर में फोन होते हैं गौरव If we were allowed phones in the shelter, तो आज आपको हमसे इतनी बात करने जरूरत नहीं थी। You would not have had to talk to us for this long. With evidence के साथ में आपको। You would just see the evidence yourself. We would have shown you all the evidence and we would have documented all the evidence. Mansi Choksi, my co-host on this series, had her own experience reporting in the shelter in 2016. And she'd write about it years later in her book, The Newlyweds. You remember when she first heard about Sachdev, she'd admired his mission. It seemed like the thing that India needed. The thing that I find striking about him is that he's a guy that belongs to the generation of people that are opposing love marriage. It wasn't just his offer of shelter and protection, but his approval, which seemed to carry so much moral weight. I think that he is the first one who is making. The idea of forbidden love, a political rallying cry. Everything that Mansi had read or heard about the love commandos fit this story, and then she visited the shelter herself. Okay, so first, so you tell me, why did you start the love commandos? And she was surprised at how quickly her own doubts about him started to grow. Sachdev wouldn't let her talk to any couples without him being present, which seemed odd. And then there was something else. When I was sitting with him, interviewing him, he received a call. Love commandos. The rescue mission to save a love couple. I'm holding. I'm holding. It's hit a snag. अब उसका उन्होंने ये कहा कि आपके पास आपकी किसी दोस्त की गाड़ी वाड़ी है जिससे जा सको आप बरेली फटाफट. If I don't send a car immediately, they're not going to be able to make it out alive. They risk being separated. They risk being murdered. But then he is turning to me while he is having these key discussions, like to kind of gesture, like, "Do I have any ideas uh, for what can possibly be done?" Hello. He seemed to be asking her for money. He is definitely turning to me, dropping massive hints. It wasn't just the request for money that seemed strange. But when he's just kept on being pushy and just you know kept just would not take no for an answer. It just felt really strange. Like if uh, yeah, it just it it just made me really uncomfortable. I was put off by it, like the fifth and sixth and seventh time. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I told you, I can't give you money. Now, Sachdev also asked Lauren for money repeatedly, and it made her ask herself, like, is he? Where is this money going? That's next time on Love Commandos from Rough Translation. If you want to hear episode four before everyone else, go sign up for Embedded Plus. Embedded is the home for ambitious storytelling at NPR, and subscribing to Embedded Plus is a great way to support that work. Embedded Plus listeners will get to hear each episode of Love Commandos from Rough Translation a week early, and they'll get to listen to it sponsor-free. Go to plus.npr.org/embedded or look for the Embedded channel in Apple to find out more. And thanks to listeners who've already signed up. Thank you, Mansi. You know the Rough Translation fan base. Is as global and curious as the show itself. 
you can meet these fans as well as help me chart our post-NPR future and continue to hear surprising stories from around the globe. Check out my Substack. It's an email newsletter called Rough Transition, totally free to sign up. You will meet folks from more than 100 countries, all of them united by the desire to hear stories of people as they are and not as we're told they should be. This month on the Substack, you'll find extra reporting from India, like the role of public parks in shaping private desire. And next month, we are going on the road. You're not going to want to miss it. Join me on substack.com. Search for my name, Gregory Warner, or search for Rough Transition, Stories from a Changing World. Love Commandos from Rough Translation is a collaboration with NPR's International Desk. It was reported by Lauren Freyer. The series was written and edited by me, Gregory Warner. And it was co-hosted by me, Mansi Choksi. This episode was produced by Ariana Lee with help from Parth Shah, Elena Torek, and our senior producer, Adelina Lansinese. Our senior editor is Luis Treyas. Our consulting editors are Miranda Kennedy and Sana Krasikov. The Love Commandos team includes Justine Yan and Dan Goma, Kimberly Aiza, Bhaskar Chaudhary, and Jess Jang. Our producers in India include Raksha Kumar and Sushmita Pathak. Fact-checking by Nicolette Khan. Mary Glenn Dinning is Director of Research at NPR's RAD Department. Legal support from Micah Ratner and Johannes Dergi. NPR's Standards and Practices Editor is Tony Cavan. Mastering by Josh Newell. The Love Commandos theme song is by Vasu and Amira Gill, and it's inspired by Rough Translation's original theme song from John Ellis. Additional music in this episode by Ramtin Arablui and First Come Music. Special thanks to Muskan Nagpal. To see original illustrations of this series by Vartika Sharma, visit npr.org slash roughtranslation. Our visuals editor is Emily Bogle. Irene Noguchi is the executive producer of the Enterprise Storytelling Unit, our home at NPR. Liana Simstrom is our supervising producer. Didi Skanky is chief editor and Nishan Dahia is deputy supervising senior editor at NPR's International Desk. Anya Grunman is NPR's senior vice president of programming and audience development. And I'm Gregory Warner. See you next time for episode four of Love Commandos from Rough Translation. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with their original podcast, Choiceology, hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind people's decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and more about why people do the things they do. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com podcast or wherever you listen. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news, some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning wherever you get your podcasts.